0: hello everyone welcome to the point with me your host jeff spikes i'm super happy to be here Uh, today i'm excited about the whole discussion of going all in and that's what we're going to talk about today what you know i have a i have a point of reference and i have this historic belief system around what going all in looks like and you know um i had an experience that i just thought would be fun to share it's uh might become a little bit of a metaphor it's definitely just a personal story of my life um, because I really think it speaks about going all in today going all in means you know getting hitting every metric that I can every day which becomes extremely disciplined and when priorities begin to compete that can be challenging and it and it became important over time to learn where to ebb and flow and where to where different limits were to guarantee that I was getting the consistency required for the results I was desiring while still meeting all the, the the additional metrics I was adding in or shifting priorities as they came up and how to adjust to a new schedule because something's changed. Um, I was just talking to someone the other day that had a big change because the school that, they were, that their kids were in changed and that meant a whole different morning routine and everything got turned upside down. And how do, how do we adjust to those things? So going all in oftentimes means something very extreme, but really it's an attitude and it's an energetic shift that means something a little bit deeper, To I think. And when we make it a little bit deeper, we have less problems with some of the really small um, details that we try and beat ourselves up with uh, or be really proud of that maybe don't matter quite as much as they need to in the world of distracting ourselves and sabotaging ourselves. So that being said, I'm just going to get into it. How many of you remember being a kid and being in a assembly at school and maybe they brought um, so they brought somebody up, maybe it was a puppet show or maybe it was a magician or someone else where they – the the people at the front of the stage that were giving the presentation decided to ask for a volunteer. Right, pretty much most of us. Uh, there's a, there's some changes with homeschooling and with lo- a lot of other things. But even then, you might have been to an event in your in your youth where something like that happened and volunteers were asked for. And we, I, you know, there's a question of which kid were you. I was the kid that really wanted to be picked and would do this. <gasps> I really want to be picked <laughs> and I would raise my hand and I might not really want to raise my hand but I wanted to raise my hand I wanted someone to notice me and I but I wanted someone to notice me without me having to do a whole lot of work for it too and we could dig into the psychology of what that could have been all about or was all about as a kid but it doesn't really matter what matters is what was happening right i bottom line is i wasn't getting picked other kids were getting picked and other kids were getting picked and i was bummed out that i wasn't getting picked so i tried to okay oh, yeah, yeah you need to raise your hand higher and and i would do that i'd raise my hand as high as i could oh look and i still wouldn't get picked and lo and behold you know i i just kind of it wasn't a big deal i it bummed me out i wish i could have been picked i wasn't picked you hear other kids t- telling stories like, "Well, oh, I never get picked. Why do I even raise my hand?" And some other kids are, you know, but some kids just seem to get picked all the time. Well, at some point, we realize that the kids getting picked, the people getting picked in those scenarios, are noticeable. They're raising their hand and they're making a deal and they're going, "Woo, pick me, pick me! I want, I want in, I want to do that." And they're getting noticed. Maybe they're doing it faster than anybody else. They're doing something that gets the person's attention, that's asking for the volunteer. They're doing something to get their attention quickly or eventually in a way that's very noticeable and encourages them to pick you. So depending on what energy they want on the stage, and most of them want some kind of interactive, exciting energy. They don't want to get someone up on the stage that freezes up and doesn't want to talk. or you know, And the best bet to do that is to pick someone energetic that's making a scene. notice I'm even saying making a scene I had beliefs about that that I wasn't even aware of that I'm talking about today okay so when we dig into this idea here's what happened I'm about 22 years old I think I was in Vallejo there's a chance I was down in San Diego and I was I was with uh some good friends of mine um I think I was with my girlfriend at the time and a couple of friends there were maybe six of us total and I was young, man. I was out of the Marines, a couple years out of the Marines. I was not doing any I was wasn't drinking at all or or you know doing anything else. I was really living a clean life. Um, I dropped drinking in the Marines because it just caused too much. Like, it was it was too much trouble and I was living a clean and sober life. And in that opportunity of living a clean and sober life, all the other ways I tried to fix everything that was going on with me wasn't working. So I started to look at my history and i started to do some type of a personal deep dive into my life and things that had happened in ways i'd been and you know i was working with therapists and i was reading books and i was doing all kinds of things to figure out how to improve myself and really get past some things and, and some of that was a, a significant amount of trauma that it was just like time to address time to face time to deal with and in the same um <laughs> Fast, hard-charging attitude that I ran into the Marine Corps with, thinking I was going to fix discipline and focus, and and um, learn a better way to move forward in life. I charged forward into trying to find healing and make something different with myself. And anyway, there's a lot of stories wrapped around that time of life of when I was learning and growing and discovering things about me um, that you know eventually have made me who I am today. But here's the thing. I was in touch with, at the time, everyone was talking about inner child work. And it was getting in touch with our inner child. And I I tell you, I'm gonna make a point really quick about that. I don't believe in working with our inner ch- children the same anymore like I did then. It, it, it's, we've learned so much more over over the years now. Um, I don't believe in self-parenting. I don't believe in, uh, I believe in being really cautious with parts work that we maintain in the owners, ownership seat and that we're clear that all the parts we're working with are still me. I don't have additional parts that borders line onto schizophrenia, <laughs> and a lot of people are not schizophrenic. But if they go too far talking about parts work or trying to express parts work, it's a, it's a thing, right? So it could be it could be perceived by someone else that you don't want to take responsibility because you're putting it off on a part that's in you, which which clinically con- can quickly become a diagnosis for schizophrenia. I don't have the authority to diagnose, but that's what I've experienced and seen. What am I really getting at here? I think what I'm getting at is that I have done a lot of work with parts. I've done a lot of, I've done a lot of investigating and of making sure that my conscious and unconscious mind, and all the different ways that my unconscious mind chooses to store information, and, I've re- and how my conscious mind chooses to pocket things away that it does have, um, whether it's memories and the importance it gives it and how, you know, how my values, beliefs, and stories all freaking pile up to protect certain things. And in that investigation, I've worked with a lot of parts of me or maybe it was a belief system within me which came from a memory of a piece of me or a part of me that was somewhere else or a persona that I wish I could be or something else. So doing all that parts work, um, what I've learned is that I don't want to be my, my own parent. I don't want to compare myself to a parent. I just want to be my own adult. I want to be my own person. I want to be me. And in me I have memories of being a little kid, a, a teenager, a, of all ages. I, I can I can identify with any of the masks I wore, the hats I wore, the people that I was along the way, whether it was in a relationship, or in a church, or in, a, as, in the Marine Corps, or in the choir, or in the on the football team. I, I did different things, and I, I could take all of those and consider them apart but they're all me and I get to be the adult in my own relationship with all those parts of me and I get to choose to lean on different strengths about the different things I've tried and, and go forward with that so leaning on the strengths of all those parts and then utilizing the best of myself as I go has been a really valuable cool thing to do um, Sorry. Right, so that being said, I'm, I'm in this time of life, you know, 22, 20, I think it was about 22 years old, digging into who I am, looking at trauma, talking to psychologists, talking to, talking to therapists and, and in grief groups, the, the VA actually put me in a PTSD group um, that had mostly Vietnam vets in it and um, had a really impactful time in there just being a part of a healing group. And, being in in where everybody got a chance to heal regardless of what the trauma was or traumas were Um, and it was beautiful so one of the things that happened for me was being in touch with this little kid Um, I'm gonna stay on the positive side of this is that I went to this either Vallejo or and let's just say it was Vallejo and there was a dolphin show and you know Sea Life Park we loved going there and I, I, I seem to think it was maybe Monterey even, but we went to a dolphin show, and I'm sitting in the dolphin show with my friends, and I wanted to be picked. I wanted to be picked. I wanted to be picked, and I thought about it, and I was sitting there going through it, and I'm like sitting in my mind and thinking, I never got picked, how could I get picked? Who did get picked? And I had learned this other way of logic of reasoning that was much more evolved than when I was 12, or when I was eight, Um, where I could be a little bit more objective thinking about situations, and I start thinking, well, gosh darn it, the people who got picked, the kids that got picked, were always jumping up and down and raising their hands and, you know, making a big deal of it. I bet if, I'm just going to try this, I'm going to try and be really obvious and noticeable that I'm the most excited person in the audience that needs to be picked, because I really wanted to be with those dolphins. I felt connected to them, (laughs) I had all kinds of stuff going on. I was like, I need to be that person, and so guess what? I went all in. Now, what are the key components of me going all in? Because I literally jumped up. My friends were like, "Oh, there." I think they might have been embarrassed to be with me, right? And I was like, "Pick me! I'm it! Just, Come on, get me!" You know, and I'm doing jumping up and down. And you know, one of the things that mattered is that I needed to let go of any ideas that cared what I looked like. When you go all in on something, who cares what you look like? it just doesn't matter because there's a result we're looking for there's an engagement we're looking for there's we have a knowing that we can do this and that that something is important about it and we just go after it and if anything's holding us up it can be man what if I look silly what if I do all that and don't get picked? you know like all these thoughts and it's like stop I had to give myself permission to look however it looked and not worry about it. And it, one of the things that helped me with that was in, in thinking about this and, and you know, really think about it. Really think about something you wanna go all in on. If you have any kind of worry about what you'll look like, think about people that have gone all in and made something big and, or done something or been picked or made the goal or anything else and think about it how much time went by before you forgot what they looked like or who they even were and just that someone else won other than you all right it's we kind of lose the memory but we gain the result so what we look like is temporary what we think we look like is even more temporary because it it pretty quickly just becomes this memory of I got to be the guy touching the dolphin and talking to the dolphin and working with the trainer. That was me that day. I'll never forget me having that moment where I was picked. And honestly, I don't remember what I looked like. And I don't remember any other face in the audience. You notice, I can't even tell you exactly which dolphin park I was in, or arena, but I remember being picked. And I remember what it took to jump up and down and wave my arms and say, "All oh, me, 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 I'm in, do it. Ah! Don't, don't pass. Wait, he, I got his attention. Oh, I'm right here. <laughs> and clearly I was in touch with this excited little kid that didn't get the opportunity. For whatever reason, I wouldn't allow myself to do that as a little kid. Nobody else forced me not to get up and jump up and down and go crazy. Somebody might have even encouraged me. Just do it. Just do it, Jeff. If that's what you want, do it. Who knows? I don't even remember that but I know I got picked. And I got to hold that memory regardless of my age, so now the parts work kinda goes out the window because now I have a memory and that kinda fits any other memory out there. Because now I know how to get picked. So, what's it looked like to go all in? One, we gotta give ourselves permission to look however it looks and let go of that. Realize that that's temporary. Realize that whatever that is, it's temporary. As long as we're being ethical, as long as we're being honest, as long as we're not hurting anybody along the way, man, we're we're just doing our best to. And I, I had to also be okay with being picked. I had to be okay with then getting up in front of everybody and being the one to be with a dolphin. So I also had to be. I had to give myself permission to win. I had to give myself permission to have the experience and not be shy and not be timid and actually dive in and do. I, I didn't get to dive in the water. I wish I could. Right. Um, And what did I learn from that situation? That I would like to be around dolphins more. What I learned about that is that I'd like to be picked more. What I learned about that is that it's okay if I jump up and down to get attention to get picked. Now, have I demonstrated that in my entire life? No. I'm still someone, I've still been someone through some of the years where if I have you as my coach or someone else, I don't want to be a bother. I'm going to work through every detail I can and do the best I can before I lean on you for help I even hired a coach and decided not to work with him I signed in for a program and I and I just worked with I just took on the basic most basic level of the program and worked in that program until I had done enough to then earn in my mind the ability to work with that coach so there was some, there's some unwinding that goes with that and there there's nothing wrong with having that mindset of Being accountable and responsible to do everything I can do before I bother or ask someone else. But here's the thing: who's getting bothered by helping anyone? I love helping people. It's not a bother for people to for for me to help somebody, it's a joy. So who am I cheating of the experience of having joy by helping me? There's a lot to be let go of there. So I had to give myself permission to look however it looked and to have fun and to picked i had to give myself permission to win okay and then it was really important to allow myself to be to be someone that uh, someone else could help and have joy in that they helped me it was important to learn to be helped at any level without any shame or reason and i you know i look at some people when they say I, someone, someone much younger than me posted something online that just got my attention and I hit him back right away with a bunch of encouragement because it was someone in their 20s and like this, they're oh, I had put out a request for what's your favorite quote and this guy's favorite quote had something to do with ask for help, find a mentor, find somebody, you know, find a coach, find a mentor and bug the living crap out of them until you learn everything you can like get everything you can out of them and don't be shy and it was something it was a specific quote that was like yes like so somebody that really understood the idea of find someone that can help you and then be relentless right you're not and know that it's okay that individual has the ability to set their own limits and say hey i don't have time for that right now but i will tomorrow at 10 or Hey, I, this is too much for me, my bandwidth. And so then you find a different mentor or whatever. But just let go. Just let go. Just release. And ask the questions. Don't worry about what it looks like to ask a question. Go all in and throw your hands in the air and say, I need this information. I didn't understand what was said. I'd like to understand on a deeper level. I got it for this, this, and this, but then this happened and I got lost. Whatever it is. I want to understand how to accomplish this task or how to accomplish this feeling or this emotional state and even when something happens that gets in my way even when a phone call comes in and it stresses and, some, and it's information that's for whatever reason makes me tense and stresses me out I wanna know how to maintain the emotional state how, how, help me figure that out I wanna figure out how to still hit the gym in this circumstance and that circumstance alright so ask the questions no matter what it is, so those are really the three key things to to going all in. But well, and on the other side of that, you know, there's something to say about absorbing as much information as we can and being willing to make some sacrifices. There's a lot of talk out there about the importance of sleep today, and we've learned a lot. I used to be a four-hour night sleeper, and now I really work on getting between six and eight hours. There's some nights at six is it, and I wake up, my head's already running, and that's the way it is. So but I I work on 7 or 8. And um here here's the bottom line. That's awesome. But it's also okay on occasion to have the experience of going all in and pushing forward and sacrificing some sleep when you're excited. Now, when we work on our passions, right? So if you're in the realm of your strengths and you're Man, and you're looking at obstacles, and and it's like it seems like an unsurmountable task that you're that's ahead of you, right? And may, maybe we just make the correlation of, man, I really want to be picked, but it seems awfully hard to get someone's attention. Like I just, oh, how do I work through all these thoughts and feelings and emotions that are happening as I want to do that? Right? There's obstacles. What happens when we're working in the realm of our strengths and when we're working in the realm of our passions and what excites us? or something we really want out of life or something we really want to put into life, man, everything everything gets more fun, more exciting. And I don't know about you, but you remember being a kid and going to Disneyland or the night before going to an amusement park or the night before a big holiday with a lot of gifts, if it's Christmas or whatever, having a hard time going to sleep and being so excited for what was coming the next day, excitement, it it doesn't scientifically kill the need for sleep but oh my gosh it allows us to work to allows allows us to stay awake and move forward and do a lot of things and it's okay to go back into that and invest in that way one of the most common things i'm hearing from people lately is when we dig into when we when we look at What do I want for the future? One of the number one things I'm hearing is it's really difficult to discern and decide what we really want. And so many people, 40 and above, and maybe it's a little older than that, but I would maybe even say 30, 35, 38 and above. Not everyone. Some people are just hitting their stride by the time they're 35 and they're skyrockets by 40 and they're loving life. But if you've done a whole lot early and you've gotten there and and you're standing on failures, at some point in our lives, we end up standing on a pile full of failures that we're standing on making sure that they never happen again. Let's pin these things down under our feet. Let's put rocks on them. None of that can move. And we take all the things that weren't working right and that that, that we don't want to repeat. We stand on those and look in the future and say, now, what do I do to to make sure none of this ever happens again? If we're in that mode, we're clear what we're moving away from in our motivation <clears throat> and we're not clear what we're moving toward, sometimes there's a really cool exercise we can do. And that's just to stop all that, all that BS, stop all the thoughts, stop all the worry about the failures, just stop. <sighs> Take a deep breath. Think about what you're trying to accomplish. Think about what you're wanting to do for the, in the future. Think about what you want to do today for the future in absence of any of that stuff. And in order to help remove that pile of stuff under your feet, look back as early as you can and find anything and everything that you ever thought was cool, that you did, that you experienced, that you saw, anything you thought was really, really cool or interesting or positive or that was a win that you're proud of, everything you can think of for as early as you can that was really something else and write it down and keep writing and keep thinking and think about what age you were and think about one thing and what it was another thing near it like I remember thinking it was really cool at one point to run and I had this watch on my wrist and it was a really wide watch band and it reminded me of somebody I'd seen on TV run that was like the six million dollar man or something and I'd run and I'd do this, and I'd look at my wrist, and I'd think I was so cool. And I just was running, and that was cool. I, I put that on my list. I remember climbing a tree and finding a spot in a tree where I could actually sit and watch all the people in the neighborhood coming and going and walking and doing all the stuff they did, and no one knew I was there. And I felt so cool, like I was a spy, or I was <laughs> right. So, those are youthful things that I thought was cool. I remember building forts with friends and that was cool. And we did some inside, we did some outside. That opened up this whole other idea of, oh there were attics and basements and sofas and bunk beds and things that we created. Closets and cubbies where we'd create forts. Anything you think is cool for as far back as you can and then bring it up to the future. I went skydiving, I joined the Marine Corps, I I went across the Indian Ocean, I what else i got to experience all these things i got to see the smile on someone's face in a certain situation i just had like three or four things just pop in my mind of that of things that i thought was really cool i walked into a kimchi hut in in a little town of korea i couldn't even tell you how to get there and i'm and i met these people that were mixing the kimchi and getting it ready to be put in bags to be brought to be canned or bottled or whatever they did And I met the most kind, interesting people that wanted me to taste their kimchi and understand the process of how they made it. There was a language barrier. They didn't, no one cared. That was cool to me. You know, even some things where I got in trouble, those are cool things. List those things and stand on those instead and remember what it was like to be whatever age it was to think that something was cool and that the idea is that we were looking at life like, I can do that. And it wasn't about going all in. Because here's the final end on going all in. If we have to think about going all in, that presupposes, that pre that that sets it up and, and just establishes that we're not going all in. So think about all those things and think about how you didn't even have to think about it. You just knew you could do it and if you couldn't you knew you could try and if it didn't work you knew you could try again now I took that red wagon down the street with a stool in it thinking that I could handle that little handle to steer it without a different steering system and I could go down the hill and I thought I'd be okay and that I could look really cool and I maybe and I thought that would work and it didn't and I ended over and I ended up with all kinds of strawberries and and whatever And then I thought, well, I should have used that handle as a rudder instead of a front front wheel. I needed to do rear wheel, right, and use it more like a rudder. (laughs) That was still cool. I learned not to do that again. I learned that I needed to do a different type of steering system and that that wouldn't work and that I probably needed to strap down or bolt down the chair that I was putting on there and that maybe two wagons was better than one. We tried so many things, so many things. But the point was there was no doubt that we could try it. Once we got hurt, there was some doubt that we wanted to do it again because we didn't want to feel that. You know, something pokes you in the ribs, and you just skate across the asphalt and get up, and then you got, oh, you know, we don't want to do that again. But we did without a second thought. We want to tap back into that energy where there wasn't even a thought of what going all-in was. It was just obvious that the next best thing to do was something exciting that fired us up. So the number one thing that happens, you know, I've had I've had a, a, a good number of people now go through at least part of the um, designing your strengths. People are, are getting to chapter three <laughs> and getting enough out of it that they're like, man, that was all I, I, I like I just opening my mind to this idea of how to manage small, you know, goal setting this short-term goal setting about things i'm excited about like cleared a bunch of stuff off my plate that was bothering me just the idea of it created all this freedom and now i'm moving now i'm moving so i'm going to come back to it and work on it a little bit more as the dust settles on everything that this just cleared for me and lifted had people say thank you for making it so simple to read and understand so <clears throat> what are you making difficult what if You were just excited to do the next thing that's the perfect thing that you're meant to do. And not perfect because it's perfect, just perfect because it's how it's designed in its natural flow of the universe of how you're meant to be here demonstrating life and breath and ease and love and kindness and excitement and fun. And anything that felt like a grind just didn't have to be a grind anymore. What if we just lived like we did? So re- refresh those ideas, and it, you might even uncover when you decided, when you decided that it wasn't going to be fun anymore, when you decided it was a responsibility or a chore or something to avoid or something we better never let happen again. I was talking to someone the other day. I'm gonna. I'm. 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 This. <laughs> this. This thought just blew me away. All right, we're. 50, I'm 58 years old. I just had a birthday the other day. I'm 58 years old everyone can join me in unison now and say no way you don't look that old um, but maybe I. <laughs> so I'm thinking about it and you know when did I decide the other shoe was going to drop when did I decide that things were going to be a chore or a responsibility or that I better never let that happen again instead of just learning from my lesson and moving on when did I decide that was a better way Act. That kind of stuff gets revealed when we start noticing the shift in energy of when something just chunks differently inside of us and we realize that we took a different tact. For me it was not wanting, I I changed a bunch of things to make sure that I could deliver on promises I made to my kids. And in doing so, I I didn't follow through on some other promises. But when did we make the decision that it wasn't gonna be fun anymore? Because if we can go back to understand when we made that decision, we can ask ourselves what we want instead. What do we want instead? What can we learn from that decision? What can we learn from when that happened? And what can we learn from what we've done since then? That's a really good question. And what do we want instead? (laughs) If it's not fun, why? so i was talking about being 58 years old and i was like all right so here's a fun challenge when i turned 60 and and i I was just being trying to be funny with it i was like but anyone who's turned 60 if they haven't figured out how to have fun yet there could be a problem right like how many of us live and I, i i've known a lot of elderly and i've i've and some of them aren't real happy. And I think to my, and, I've, and now I'm realizing, I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. If we age and we become bitter and nasty and ugly, what have we learned in life? And wow, like what if we got happier because we got better at learning and processing and being and loving and just knowing everything was going to be all right? right everything is gonna be alright what if we just knew everything was gonna be alright just like we did I knew everything was gonna be alright with the forts I was building I was creating a place of safety those forts man I could hide from anybody in them. the trees I could hide from anybody up in them right so what happens when we realize that as, that we could have been practicing, learning, and mastering the ability to have fun and enjoy life. Because I'm 58 years old and that's the deal. That's the deal. Now, I'm gonna be cautiously honest here and optimistic and honest and however you wanna say that. And I'm just gonna say that I did use that for a minute to, to you know, beat myself. And, you know, I, I used to say, never miss a good opportunity to beat your own, you know, and like, oh, uh, you know, psh, no more. There's no point. There's no point. So I did for a minute say, because can, I can quickly and easily say, ah, you're 58 years old and you're still a grump bucket about some things. And these silly things in life still bother you and driving in traffic and being on time and all these things are still stressors. You're 58 years old, you haven't figured it out yet. There's a problem. And then, bah, I hear all the self talk? Like, what if I'm 58 years old and I've learned my lesson on how to be happy? What if that's just the truth? What if you that's your truth? One of these days we'll do an episode, we'll talk about doing our own Declaration of Independence. I did one and I declared independence from Brutus Perfectum who was the, the part of me that was brutal to myself to be perfect all the time from early childhood messaging and I declared complete independence. If you want to know more about that, let me know. I'll move that up in, this, in the cycle but we're, we may talk about that. But Go all in but go all in in a way where it doesn't presuppose that you're not all in. Just think about how that would shift if you just naturally were and that's the point. I will see you guys on the next episode. I'm super happy that we're here. I'm super happy to share and enjoy this time with you. And we'll see you on the other side. Thank you for joining us for another amazing episode of The Point with me, Jeff Spikes. The greatest compliment you could give me is liking, loving, and sharing this episode with all your friends. So please, if you're on Spotify, iHeart, or iTunes, leave a five star rating and review. If you're on YouTube, like and subscribe make sure to tag me i love hearing from you the listeners of this show the links for all my social and itunes are in the show notes also if you'd like to engage with me in anything related to my coaching consulting speaking or programs please visit jeffspikes.com for everything you would need to know to engage with me offline and lastly thank you for your time your attention and your consideration this is the point